0: Welcome to the WoMology podcast. This is a sacred space to honor your cyclical nature, reconnect with your innate body wisdom and sovereignty, and transform your health. I'm Dana Drejos, and thank you so much for being here. Welcome back to the Woomology podcast. I'm here today with Casey Tench, who is a life coach, and we're going to be talking about our cycles and Uh, like transitioning into different life phases and kind of the beauty of walking into your rebirth. And we're going to dive more into what exactly that means. But welcome to the show, Casey. And do you want to give a bit of an introduction about who you are and what you're all about?
1: I would love to. Thank you, Dana. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm super excited to be here and nerd out about feminine cycles today. My name is Casey. I am a former public educator turned a holistic life coach and mentor. I worked in public education for 10 years and struggled with a number of different chronic illnesses. And so from the burnout of public education and the burnout of healing my body, I realized that we really needed some more support services. And so it is now my goal to work with women and to work with women in overcoming burnout, overcoming their overwhelm, finding the peace within. And my coaching structure is within alignment of the seasons and our cycles, because I believe that when we can live within alignment, the
0: rest kind of falls into place. Amazing. And what phase of your menstrual cycle are you currently in and how are you supporting yourself in that phase?
1: Okay. So this is a great question all the time, but today specifically, I'm on date on the first day of my ovulatory phase. Okay. So, you know, I am just ready to shine and have this conversation. Um, how am I supporting myself in this phase? I went to a vinyasa flow class this morning. I also went on a little jog in my neighborhood and I'm not really a runner, but I woke up with the energy today um, and I had... Mm, I ate a ton of broccoli for lunch, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but just trying to flex in um, my creativity, being seen, making new connections, being here today with you and working with new people in my coaching structure.
0: Love it. I am on day nine. So I'm like creeping up to the ovulatory phase, but still pretty much in my follicular. So I'm feeling good too, feeling fresh, ready to go. So I would love to know more about your journey with various chronic diseases. What were you healing from specifically and how did that journey kind of shape your life direction?
1: Oh man.
0: So this is a seven year
1: long journey. I am on year seven from the first time I received my first diagnosis. The first diagnosis was IBS, directly followed by stage four endometriosis. And then I was diagnosed with Sjogren's, Hashimoto's, SIBO. I also have been given the diagnoses of anxiety, depression, and OCD.
0: Is that all of them? (laughs) i think that that's enough like that's a lot
1: also asthma since i was a little a little babe Um, but i know that's a that's one heck of a list all in remission every single one of them are in remission my endo got put into remission first which you know that was a that was a feat in itself um i've transitioned from being in debilitating pain three out of four weeks of every month to just the first day of my cycle. Mm -hmm. And I have confidence that that first day will become more manageable for me as I grow and develop in this journey. But the early days back in 2015, the the first time I received my first diagnosis, you know, I was in severe debilitating pain, pain that would knock me over and fall to the ground. And it was truly just no way to live. Uh, but I had, I was working as a teacher. I was in the classroom. So me and my heating pad would go wow. to school and <laughs> all my students, co-workers, everybody, they knew if I was carrying the heating pad around, just don't talk to me. Okay. <laughs> but I really, I, I got the diagnosis and then the doctor told me, you know, you have three options. You can get pregnant. That was that was an option to get pregnant, or you can receive these hormonal injections that will knock you into uh, faulty menopause. I was like, oh, okay, what's the other option?
0: Yeah, and, <laughs> there's got to be another somewhere in there. one. Those two aren't valid. <laughs> and, he,
1: and he said that was it. Um, and we could do the depot shot uh, to try to monitor the pain or manage the pain. And so I went, I got put on depot and I still uh, I was in pain three out of four weeks every single month. And you know, that advice get pregnant or go into early menopause. I was like, That's, surely that that ain't it. That can't be it.
0: Um, so what, I started what kind of uh, doctor was that that you were seeking um, help?
1: An OBGYN. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing my own research. I found a naturopathic doctor uh, in my area, began working with her supplementing multiple different things, completely transformed my diet, got rid of gluten, you know, my bestie. Um, <laughs> and, and, RIP. Oh, RIP gluten. <laughs> um, but within three, three years, probably. So by 2018, I was feeling better, and by 2020, I was in full remission. My body's no longer creating the endometrial tissue on the outside of my
0: uterine lining. Um, Amazing!
1: I know, and I you-
0: didn't. I didn't even know there were different stages to endometriosis. Oh. So like when you said stage four, I'm like, I didn't know there was stages.
1: Yeah, there are stages to it, and it. My case was pretty severe. We have a little cul-de-sac inside of our bodies that is in between our back, like right behind our rectum, like on the back side of our bladder mm. and that little, okay, cul-de-sac is not the term that you'll learn in anatomy and physiology, <laughs> by the way. I gotcha. <laughs> it's what it looks like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that little space was was so full of the endometriosis that my bladder and my bowels and my uterus were all connected. Um, right.
0: They're all like living in the same space. Yeah. They're all right. hanging out in that pelvic bowl. So inflammation yeah. in one will carry over to the other. Yeah. And so the tissue just connected them
1: all. And the way that I have described it to people when they were like, well, what did it feel like? I have this sense of humor and I love rap music. So I just use the lyric when I move, you move. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And I know that's probably not what Luda meant, but <laughs> but that was the pain when I had to poop. I felt sharp shooting pain in my bladder and my uterus. When I had to pee, sharp shooting pain in the uterus and in the bowels. Um, and then when the menstrual cycle would come on, holy guacamole! I mean, it was a full body thing. Mm-hmm. So I really putting that in remission was one of my greatest successes in life, truly. And it made me know and believe that I have the power to heal my body. And so does every single person on this planet.
0: Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Has there been any kind of spiritual journey in terms of wondering why you have like received so many health issues and like, yeah, what has been like the spiritual journey of overcoming that? I don't know if that question makes sense, but (laughs) It, it does.
1: It makes a lot of sense because I believe, so I'm also currently enrolled in school studying to become an Ayurvedic health counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we, and we are learning that one of the primary causes of disease is disconnection from spirit. Mm-hmm. And it makes so much sense because when I was riddled with illness, I was completely disconnected from spirit. I didn't know what I believed. I thought something existed, but I couldn't really tell you what it was. I just didn't believe what I was raised to, mm-hmm. what, what my family believed. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a a lot of hate in my heart. And so moving through chronic illness and chronic diagnoses, I had to learn how to navigate through that. And I really did not become more connected with spirit until I was in a a pretty bad car accident. Uh, One of the ways I was coping with all of my health issues and all of my mental health struggles was by drinking a ton. I was drinking a whole lot. And one night I thought I could drive, I could not. And I went airbound and totaled my car. Mm. And I really thought I, I was going to die. And truthfully, I wanted to, uh, because I was in just tremendous pain, emotionally, mentally, physically. I had a spiritual um, experience that night in my Jeep. And there was some reassurance that my life had purpose. And about the time I felt that reassurance, all four wheels landed on the ground. And I was like, shit, <laughs> what just wow. happened? And I would love to say it was the next day I got my life together, but it wasn't. It was a little <laughs> a couple months later.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but that's, that was the catalyst in my spiritual journey. And I know it was the pain that I was feeling in that moment was connected through all the chronic diagnoses. And so now now that I have become more connected with spirit and I'm, I'm reassured that I'm divinely created, protected, guided, all of the above. When I became aware of this knowing, when I was locked in to my beliefs, my spiritual beliefs, that was when I began to heal. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so I truly believe that there is a connection between the two and And it can be hard to find because those who are riddled with pain and and chronic pain, you know, they don't really want to hear about are you connected in spirit? They're like, what? Yeah. What? (laughs) I want medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, you know, the holistic healing journey, you realize that there is, there's no quick fix. There is no medication you can take to numb the pain. It's habits, it's behaviors, it's diet,
0: and it's, spirituality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So much more than just the physical, just, you know, switching up nutrition and exercise and things like that. It goes into the emotional and the spiritual and kind of where I was coming from with that question was I like, just am learning about this term German new medicine and I hesitate to even bring it up because it, I, it's literally so new that I probably would never do it justice to try and explain. But like the basics is like each each organ in the body is controlled by a certain area in the brain. And each certain area in the brain is associated with these. Uh, for example, like one area would be associated with grief. One is associated with like loss. So it's like he basically found he was a cancer doctor and he found that like all these testicular cancer patients, they all happened to have a story of significant loss in their life. And then with all the breast cancer patients, they all had a story of like betrayal in their life or something. It wasn't that, but something like that where he just started seeing all these patterns where like a significant life event triggered this like biological thing that then later on caused like a physical disease. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That, that, I have not heard of this,
1: but it is in complete alignment with one of the beliefs that I hold that my physical illness is due to repressed emotions that I was carrying in my body mm-hmm. and the repressed emotions and feelings and pains that I carried manifested themselves as physical illness. I believe my dad passed away in 2014 and the the diagnosis started the very next year. And so I know in my heart that grief was a catalyst mm-hmm. to my physical ailments. I also believe that sexual assault can land in your body and right. manifest as, as reproductive illness. Um, mm-hmm again, this is my own personal belief, but I have experienced assault and I know other women who are in the same endometriosis circles as I am, and they've also experienced assault. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just so curious, is that where our pain is being held? Were we holding our pain and our anger all in our womb? And and that's what happened to me. That's what makes sense. Mm -hmm. And now that I have you know, work through the diet, work through the movement, work through the spiritual connection. I've also worked through that repressed trauma. And the more I, I break through and unpack, I can tell, I, I can tell with my cycle just this past month I had during my luteal phase, um, <laughs> it was so gnarly weak. Mm-hmm. And I had just some some old wounds arise and I journal through them I, I'm a big writer I journal through it all and then I let the pages on fire in my backyard and I was like fuck all yeah <laughs>
0: yes.
1: but within 3 minutes of my words turning to ashes my cycle came on mm. and so I know that my body was ready to purge and to release those emotions mm. that I was holding onto and my body reiterated that to me by saying, okay, all right, I'm ready to shed too. You shed yours, I'm ready to shed mine. Yeah. And,
0: and it was so beautifully magnificent. hmm I love that. Were there any other kind of somatic practices or rituals like that that you've done to release those repressed emotions?
1: Uh, I'm a big fan of tapping, the EFT, mm-hmm. Emotional Freedom Technique. Um, I'm not educated enough to explain it, but I know that it has worked for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I can't rave over it enough. Um, it, it helped me alleviate my insomnia, mm-hmm. but it, it is the tool that I use when I'm in severe pain or when I am in a panic attack, I'll pull up a, a tapping exercise and work through it. I'm also in an energy, an energetic circle, and we have these classes called movement medicine and it's like yoga mixed in with dance and a little bit of twerking. Yeah. And we do a lot of hip stretches and just releasing of the hips, which mm-hmm. our hips hold trauma and emotions. Yeah. And the more we stretch out our hips, the, the more things
0: I am aware of that I need
1: to work through.
0: hmm Let's talk about that rebirth piece. So what do you mean when you say you lead women to their rebirth? So I believe that we have
1: the power to rebirth as many times as we gain near police. I believe that we rebirth with every cycle. The first day that our bleeding is over, it's a rebirth. We have the opportunity to begin anew. Anything we didn't like from the last month, trash it we have that that opportunity to learn from our mistakes learn from what didn't work and to create something different i believe we can rebirth every week you know if last week sucked for you what was it what was it that you didn't like and let's let's get rid of that but keep what we learned in a more significant sense i really came through my rebirth, through the death of my father and through the different chronic illness struggles. That is what led me to my rebirth. That is what led me to my catalyst, my rock bottom. I realized I'm so miserable. I want to change. How do I do it? How how do I get somewhere different? And I learned from different guides and teachers and leaders And and they kind of led me through mine. And once I was able to get to a safe space and look back at all the stuff I had overcome, I was like, I needed somebody to say, Casey, I know the way. Come on, follow me. And it could have taken a few months instead of seven years. And so that's my goal. Um, with working with women and guiding them through their rebirth. I, I know the way I know your pain, but I know how to get to peace. And I've, I've created this path and you can walk with me. Come on, I'll show you and you will save time. You will save energy and you will find peace and
0: connection. That's beautiful. What would you say was the Casey, before the rebirth and the Casey after the rebirth.
1: I'm sorry. I'm laughing so hard, but she was hell on wheels. <laughs> I mean, favorite beverage. Well, there was two natural light case and light and a handle of fireball pop off, you know, the little stopper on top of the liquor bottle, pop it mm-hmm. off, chug it straight from the neck. I mean, wild. <laughs> My favorite milk came from Taco Bell. Don't forget the Baja Blast. (laughs) I mean, that's what I lived off of. Also macaroni and cheese. Mm -hmm. That was a a fan favorite too. (laughs) So that was my diet. (laughs) (laughs) I was pretty hateful. I was very jealous, very jealous of, of mainly women that I thought were better than me, I guess is a good way to describe it. Um, Anyone that I would assume was in competition with me, you know, I, it was an immediate war. And half the time they didn't even know, but I was like, You're going down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I would just show this anger and they would be like, What are you talking about? I don't have a problem with you. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm just being mean for nothing. So yeah, I was, I was angry. I was mean. And I, I fed my body in that way, too. I was just completely disconnected from anything good. Disconnected Mm -hmm. from peace, from pleasure. I didn't know joy. The first time I worked with a life coach, she told me to make a list of things that brought me joy. I was like, what? (laughs) Nothing brings me joy. I'm miserable. And (laughs) she was like, that's the problem. Casey. you figure it out. (laughs) And so I had to start figuring out what... Brought me joy and, and I found out I really loved to garden. I love mother nature. I love walking outside barefoot. I love animals. I have three dogs and two cats. I love flowers. I love planting plants. I love the sun, the moon, the stars. I love the ocean, water. I'm very naturalistic. Maybe that's why I, I liked natural light so much. I don't know. <laughs> but now I drink a whole lot of herbal tea and my husband. Gets on me when I want to eat a dandelion out of somebody's yard, and he's like, "You don't know what they spray here." Go, oh, you're true, right.
0: True. You're right.
1: You're right. <laughs> take me to the field. I want to pick dandelions. <laughs> yeah. I, I just have this confidence, this peace. Um, I texted a friend the other day, and I said, "I said 2012 Casey would not recognize me," and and it's so true. I mean, 2012 Casey would. I would probably want to fight. She's like, what are you doing? But I'm not jealous. I don't compete. I see another woman and I believe we can be sisters and we can collaborate. I don't feel that, that desire to take her crown off of her. I know that that there's enough room at the table for both of us Mm -hmm. and that we all can shine. So inner peace, confidence,
0: uh, value. Mm -hmm. thats what I have now and I did not have then. Beautiful. Yeah. It's it's incredible how the range of different vibrations we can be in. And it sounds so simple, but in the moment, it's like when you hear someone say, oh, just make a gratitude list or, oh, just like pick some flowers. And, you know, like it's when you're, when you're in that hole, it's so hard. And that's why it's so important to I mean, I do believe that you We all have the power to heal ourselves, but we do need community. We do need support from people who can guide us, people who are not in the hole. (laughs) They're out of the hole and they can pull us up out of the hole.
1: Yeah. And that's the imagery that I see too. And that's how I describe it to the the coach that I worked with is that I was in this hole and she stuck her arm down in it and said, come on, Mm -hmm. take my hand. I'll pull you out. And that is what I am extending now that I'm out of it because I look around and I see so many people that are still down there and I just want them to know it's so much better up here. (laughs) 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 Please let me help you out.
0: Yes. Now, whenever I get like troll mean comments on my social media, I'm like, y'all need, you just need a rebirth. (laughs) You need need, to go see Casey and get the rebirth. (laughs) She'll help you out. (laughs) Yes. So how does someone know if they're ready for a rebirth? Mm,
1: You are ready for a rebirth. if, when you wake up in the morning, you dread your day. If you look around and you do not see joy, you don't even know what it is. You say, What the heck? I, I'm miserable. I can't find joy. You are ready for your rebirth when you are completely sick of your own shit. You know you're the problem. I know it hurts to admit it, but you know, you know it is. I won't tell anybody you admitted it. Mm-hmm. You're ready for a rebirth when you're experiencing grief. I know that it is a painful time to totally. Transform your life, but your life is transforming and you in this moment of grief, you have the opportunity to take the wheel and transform it in a way that will make you proud or you can allow life to keep happening to you instead of for you. And I think that's a difficult one to navigate through and understand you're ready for your rebirth when When you know that the life that you have created does not fulfill you.
0: I'm wondering too, like when I think back to the most like transformative and transitional times in my life, sometimes when I've been faced with a really big decision where there's like, it's like a fork in the road and I have to choose something like I can either go this way or this way. and. One of the more recent ones in my life was I was living in Vietnam for three and a half years. I absolutely loved it there. I was having the time of my life. I had a great community. I was doing a podcast there and just, I loved the city I was in. Like everything was like, check, check, check. Great. Then the pandemic happened and like, it was okay for a while, but then it became like, all right, when are things gonna change. We don't know. We were in total lockdown for four months straight. Like t- I'm talking, could not step outside of the apartment without getting like a $300 fine. Couldn't even go grocery shopping. So that was really stressful. And then uh, the I was teaching English there and my manager had told me that they're not going to renew my contract in a few months. So I was either going to have to like find a new job and continue this like weird unknown life in Vietnam where no one knows when it's going to open, when things are going to be normal again, or go back home to the U.S., which was not something I wanted either. Like I left the U.S. for a reason. I didn't want to be back. I wasn't planning on being back anytime soon, but at the same time, I was having this like inner feeling, this inner knowing of like, it's time to go back. And, th- and I didn't know the reason why, like there was no rational reason why I would go back other than like, you know, okay, Vietnam sucks right now. But before that, my life was pretty great there. So obviously I ended up choosing to come back, but it was this like it took me like two months to make this decision. I'm going back and forth, back and forth, pros and cons list, this, that. And no matter how many times I like rationalized it out, like wrote my pros and cons list, that conclusion always came to, oh, I should stay in Vietnam because I don't know what awaits me in the US. But my inner gut feeling was like, you need to go back to the US. But I'm like, why? And then when I got back to the US, all my fears came true. It was like, yeah, I can't find a job. I can't afford it here. I don't have any friends here. I don't know why I'm here, what's happening. And I just kept asking like, why, why, why? Like crying every day. Why is this happening? Then I met a boy (laughs) and fell in love and had this whole like epic love story and everything. It kind of just showed me that we really sometimes just have to listen to that strong gut feeling and we're not going to know the answer why. We just got to listen and go, like follow the calling. And we'll see later what that rebirth was and why it had to happen. Because I think if I stayed in Vietnam, I was living an easy life. Like I wasn't being challenged. There was no like friction for me to, I guess, overcome. It's like, I came, I I got what I needed to get out of that experience. And I needed a new experience to like up-level me in the next stage of my life, which I had to say yes to. In making that decision, but I think a lot of times people say no and they stay in the comfort zone, the easy, easy way out, the easy decision. Yeah. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. A couple of things you said, you said
1: follow the inner knowing and that's what you do. You get this idea to do something and there's no reason (laughs) it makes sense, Mm -hmm. but that is your decision. And I mean, I felt that when I left the classroom, I was teacher of the year last year. I was magnificent. I mean, it was so good. But I was like, I'm leaving. And everybody said, what? I was like, yeah, I'm going to go work for myself. And they're like, do you have clients? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just out. So it doesn't make sense. But, you know, things, things will fall into place. And, and that's the part of that's the spirituality piece, the inner peace, knowing knowing that I don't know what's happening right now, but I know it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel cold. You feel pulled in, in one direction. And then you do feel pulled to sit in your comfort zone still. The comfort zone, it's, it's called the comfort zone for a reason. It's, it's comfy there. It's cozy. It's familiar. And I spoke on something today, actually, about chaos and how chaos is our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. and That can be a hard thing for some people to hear. But when you were raised in a chaotic atmosphere you know chaos so well you navigate through it and it feels Mm -hmm. good to get out on the other side of it and that was what I saw when I in the classroom I was great at it because I was great at chaos I know how to manage that I don't know how to manage calm and the way to really Note, okay, do I actually like the chaos is when you feel calm, when there is peace in your home or peace in the workplace, and there's no fires to put out, there's no problems to solve. Are you bored? Are you Are getting bored? If you're bored in the calm, that means chaos is your comfort zone. That's mm-hmm. where you feel comfortable at. And we have to combat that. We have to move against it. We have to do the opposite of what it is ingrained in us to do because that's what's been keeping us small and keeping us in the same space that we've always been in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, I feel like I learned that lesson through the lens of relationships, like mm. toxic relationships, like when you're, oh, yeah. when you're in that highs and lows, highs and lows cycle of like things are really, really good or they're really, really bad, like that's the chaos, you know, like Mm -hmm. a healthy relationship is not this chaotic mess. It's just calm, but that can feel boring to people if you're, you know, if you weren't raised in that environment, it's like, wait, what? I don't have to be suspicious of everything he's doing. (laughs) I don't have to, you know, like all those things. It's like, no, it's it's just chill. It's calm. Everything's good.
1: Yeah. I've been in that exact situation, like exactly the same. The, my first real relationship was with a narcissist. And so it was consistently up, down, up, down, up, down. And that's what I learned. That was the basis. And mm-hmm. then also, you know, my parents' relationship, which wasn't much better. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm married now and the man that I married is incredibly calm. Mm-hmm. And I have to catch myself. When, when things have been super calm for the whole week, I will pick a fight for no reason other than just to add some, add some spice <laughs> yeah. to the house. And, and <laughs> I'm now aware of it. So I, if I do say something s- spicy, <laughs> I'll, um, I'll like laugh it off and be like, Oh, there I go again. boo. <laughs> he's like he's like you're bored do we need to leave the house what do you want to do (laughs) so like now he knows that I'm bored and now I know that I'm bored and so that just Mm -hmm. means that we have to do something different
0: Mm -hmm. that's not a fight exactly (laughs) yes do you feel like rebirth is something that you Make the conscious choice to enter into, or is it more of like an initiation from universe or from spirit?
1: So I love that you use initiation because that's what I went through. <laughs> initiation, and I feel like people are are people go through rebirths whether they choose to whether they don't. They may not be aware of it in the actual time that it's happening, but then they can look back and they can see that it was a rebirth or an initiation. When I was going through mine, I wasn't aware. I didn't know. It actually didn't all click for me until I was crying to a girlfriend about just this existential crisis that I was in. And she was like, Casey, you're being reborn. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was like, yeah, you're being reborn. That's why you're crying so much. You know, you cried the first time you were born, and so that's that's the thing that I say to my clients is, "You cried the first time you were born. Who held you then? You're gonna cry this time. Who's gonna hold you now? You know, you can navigate through your rebirth all along, or you can choose to have someone hold you during it, and that's what I offer because it's absolutely an initiation. I mean, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but I got my ass kicked up one side, down the other. And, and I questioned everything, everything I knew, everything I was taught, everything about my parents, my hometown, my internal belief systems. It was like everything was just like the word you said, up-leveled. First, it all got like dumped out onto mm-hmm. the ground and had to you know make sense of all of it. And, and then there was the up-leveling. Then I saw where the cracks were. I saw why I was in pain, why I was hurting, why I turned into this just mean and hateful person because things were not being fulfilled. Things were not within alignment. And now as an adult, it is our duty to reparent ourselves, to give ourselves whatever it is that we needed as a child. But now from the lens of an adult. So, I mean, sometimes I'm quick to want to throw a temper tantrum. (laughs) (laughs) it is now my duty to catch myself in that and to really pick through it. Like, what is, what's the real reason I'm upset right now? What do I need? Oh, I need to be fed. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Let me make myself some food Mm -hmm. and then we'll, then we'll talk about it some more. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't think everybody asks for it, but it's given.
0: Yeah. I'm curious. So I'm 29 years old right now. And this is also a topic that I'm not well versed in at at all, but are you familiar with the concept of your Saturn return, like in astrology? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering like, if you've kind of played with that concept in this idea of rebirth. Yes, I have my Saturn return. I was 29 when I got married. So I got married
1: during my Saturn return and, you know, everybody's like, I've, I've read different things about it, <laughs> um, but that was the year that, that I became serious about changing my habits because that was the year that I could no longer carry on in and how I was, mm-hmm. um, I was getting married, but, you know, I I wanted to feel good for the wedding. I wanted to have a healthy body for the wedding. I wanted to have a healthy mindset. I didn't want to just call it it being a dragon lady. That's what I say to my (laughs) husband is (laughs) when I'm being a dragon lady. You know, I I wanted to figure out why why do I tend to be a dragon lady sometimes and, and get to that. I wanted to heal the anger. I wanted to heal the pain. I wanted to find some kind of peace. And so that was that was the year that kicked it off. And, you know, every year I've learned new things that I need to work through and want to work through, honestly. Um, but the year my Saturn return began was the year I woke up and said, this is enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking to have someone on the podcast to like speak specifically to that because yeah for those who haven't you know heard the concept before saturn makes its way around the earth every like 29 years Mm -hmm. and for for us here on earth there's kind of this like three-year window about depending on when you were born like your date of birth time of birth and location of birth. You and you can Google this and find your, you know, Saturn return calculator and like when it is for you. But it's essentially around the ages of 28 to 30. And Saturn is the planet of life lessons. And so often people going through their Saturn return are going through some shit where they're like. Mm-hmm learning these tough life lessons and i read that that idea of seriousness comes into play as well where you're more about commitment and like long-term thinking seriousness so yeah that's why like you'll see people in that age range making these big life changes having these big realizations and having their rebirth yeah
1: and that was that was the year i got in my really bad car accident Mm -hmm. um and it was just it was a couple weeks later after the accident that i called my now husband and and i was like i'm such a fuck up (laughs) please take me back i was like i almost died and now i know i love you (laughs) And he was like, Casey, I have a girlfriend now. And I was like, ditch the bitch. (laughs) I know we're meant to be together. Now listen
0: to me. And so. Oh, my God. That's awesome. And obviously he listened.
1: (laughs) I know. It's a love story straight out of the, the notebook.
0: (laughs) it is oh my gosh well that that epic love story that I just mentioned we like just broke up a week ago (laughs) and so it's like yeah this that's what got me on the I like remembered about Saturn return and I'm like I'm definitely in that right now and all this wild stuff is happening right now like what is this what's going on I love that. It
1: takes a while to stable out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm waiting. So coming back to our menstrual cycles and seasons that we naturally go through, how does this come into play in your work and rebirth and how you work with clients? So I think
1: one of the key factors of of me healing my body was reconnecting to it and the first step i made to reconnect with my body was to reconnect with my cycle and to work on the relationship i had with it my cycle from the age of 16 to 29 <laughs> i hated it I, I talked down to it i talked down to my body you know i dreaded my cycle and it made sense that my cycle kind of did me dirty because I I was so ugly towards her, towards my womb, towards the whole thing. I was disrespectful to my body. In all honesty, and so healing that relationship, I took a womb reclamation class, um, and I think that began my journey of living within alignment of the cycles and seasons. But I once I learned that we can move and we can eat with an alignment of our cycles in a way to harness our energy and manage it better. It just clicked. And I was like, of course, of course, it makes sense. Of course, all those times I made the goal to go to the gym or to go on a run and then I woke up and it was the first day of my cycle. And then I didn't get up and go and then I beat myself up and I felt shame over it. I wasn't meant to go to the gym that day. I wasn't Mm -hmm. meant to go on a run that day. I was meant to go, you know, during spring or summer molecular mm-hmm. or ovulatory, but I just, I had to educate myself about the menstrual cycle. I thought I was educated. Turns out I really wasn't. And once I realized how much easier life was moving with my body instead of against it, I was like, Oh man, I'll, every woman needs to know this. Every woman needs to know that we can move with our body instead of fighting against it. And, you know, it's something that my clients talk about. They they make all these plans when their period starts and then they text me and they're like, my period started, but I have this, 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 and this to do today. And I'm really beating myself up over it. And I'm like, well, do you want to do that stuff? No, but I feel like I should. Okay. Well, let's talk about the word should. The word should carries the energetics of shame, but you should do something. Tell me, do you want to, or do you not want to, if you don't want to, don't do it mm-hmm. plain and simple. And so they, I'm seeing now that women just need permission to rest when their body is going through a decay period. That's what our Mm -hmm. our period is, is decay. Our body is is detoxing and releasing what really didn't serve us and what it didn't use. Mm -hmm. And it's getting rid of it. And we can, we can relay that to our lives. What can we get rid of that we didn't use this past month? What Mm -hmm. can we get rid of that? didn't serve us and also noting that in the depths of winter on the most painful day of your cycle spring is on its way Mm -hmm. next
0: week is not going to be like this week and just knowing that it's all a cycle and some that was was the best shift for me (laughs) yeah it's just that knowing of and understanding it's not going to be like this forever. This is just temporary and it'll be better next week. Yeah, because, you know, when we're in the
1: thick of it, when we're in pain and we're all sad and stuff, we're quick to be like, oh, I guess this is just life now. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just in pain and sad forever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a couple of days go by and you're like, oh, I'm so silly. Yeah. <laughs> but. But when you are in awareness, when you are educated, then on those days that you, you start to feel bad and sad, you can then correct it yourself and you don't mm-hmm. need anybody else to correct it for you because, because you have the knowledge and education to do
0: so. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how you said before, how we really go through a rebirth every cycle. And it made me think of how, yeah, it's like, when you think of the, biology of what's happening. It's like, you're either going to birth, get an actual new life. Like you're either going to get pregnant in that cycle and then be growing and creating and eventually birthing in a life, or you're going to rebirth yourself. Those are like yeah. the two options. Either way kinds. you're creating life. Either yeah. Way. I'm wondering, is it like you Educate your clients about these cycles, or is it like your the actual structure of your coaching program is kind of set up like in these seasonal cycles?
1: Um, That's a really good question. And the actual structure of my coaching sessions is is set up this way. I ask my clients, when is the last day of your cycle? And we start that next day. Mm -hmm. And And so we, the first week of coaching with me is we start during our inner spring, during the follicular phase. And that's the figuring out where do you really want this program to go? What are your goals? What habits do you currently have? What habits do you want to cultivate? I call it planting seeds. This is our our seed planting time because it's spring. Mm -hmm. And then we move into summer Summer is ovulatory. It is when you are to be seen. It is when you are to just go out there and flex on everybody. Also, this is the growing and the developing stage. You know, harvest doesn't come till fall. So summer is the time that whatever we planted, we're really nourishing that growth. We're zoning in on the habits that we we want to begin. We're zoning in on our goals. I'm teaching them embodiment practices. I am explaining with each cycle the different energetics of, of both and all of the above and different things to play around with. Summer, an ovulatory phase, it's time for play. And so I, I prescribe play. I prescribe joy. And they meet me the same way I bet my coaches. what the fuck is that? <laughs> and I talk them through it. Mm-hmm. Fall, I talk about what leaves do you want to shed, Do you need to shed. Leads could be habits, it could be people, it could be places, it could be the need to confront everybody when you have a problem with them. It could be the need to be a perfectionist, it could be the need to control, it could be a a habit like drinking or smoking that you don't want to do anymore. I'm very, very specific and clear with my clients. They think that I'm going to make them stop doing something and I don't. You have the absolute choice. Do you want to stop that? Okay, well, I'll support you in it. You don't want to stop it? Well, keep on doing it, girl. Do what works for you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then in the winter, the season of decay. We let everything that we released in the fall decay. So it will nourish us during the spring. The difference between the first winter, because I have an eight-week session, and so we run through the seasons twice. Um, The difference between the first winter and the second is that the first is more of a decay, and the second is more of an integration, integrating all that you've learned, all that, you, all that you've let go, and, and getting really clear on where you want to go in the spring, next mm-hmm. spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just run through, we run through the season twice, and by week five, so after just one full circle, my clients are, are different than who, than who they were to begin with. They're more educated about their bodies. They're able to feel into their bodies. They are able to know that they're not being bitchy. They're just approaching their menstrual phase. They're in luteal time. And that's when we're connected with our intuition. That is when our bullshit meter is on high alert. And if we get upset with somebody, there's good reason for it. It's not because we're irrational. And so they learn to just get comfortable with that and to work with themselves through it.
0: Even just hearing you describe it, it sounds so nourishing and like (laughs) like I'm just held in a safe space. So I love that. And I'm so happy that you have created something like this because I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there talking about the cycles and hormone health and all of that, but I haven't really heard it through this lens of like, from a life coaching perspective and through, you know, transitional phases. So I'm so happy that your work is out there, that you exist and that you've, you've overcome some major life challenges and had your own rebirth so that you can help others have their rebirth. So on that note, how can people find you and work with you?
1: So I have, I would like to share a freebie with, with your folks. And it is a free journaling guide. It's a seven-day journaling guide. And just like every week, we move through different themes. My journals are, are, are daily themes, too. And we have morning and afternoon prompts in this, in this guided series that I have. And I like to use morning and afternoon journal prompts because they serve as bookends. You begin your day with intention and you end your day with reflection. Um, it has worked wonders for me. And just like everything else that's worked for me, I want to share it, scream it from the rooftops. I am pretty partial to prompted journaling because trying to free write for me has been historically a little stressful because I didn't really know what to write. A a good journal prompt pulls it out of you so you don't have to think. It just gets you talking. To yourself in a safe space. So I want to offer that first, a freebie journal guide. Everybody can follow me on Instagram. I am Casey underscore underscore T. That is my name on TikTok as well. I am new over there on the TikTok. So be patient with <laughs> and give me love. <laughs> um, and then my website is CaseyTinch.com. And you will find a full list of my services that I offer. I share a ton on Instagram. For anyone who is interested in working with me, my enrollment containers are within alignment of my ovulatory phase. (laughs) And so right now I'm, I'm enrolling because I'm ovulating (laughs) and and that's my business is it goes along with the seasons, just
0: like my coaching does. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Love it. Well, I will include everything in the show notes. And again, thank you so much Casey for being here and sharing your story and all of your wisdom with us.
1: Thank you, Dana, for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you desire to continue this journey and learn more about your body, I invite you to follow our Instagram page at womb.ology. Please help get this information to more people who menstruate by sharing this podcast on your social media and tagging us. I greatly appreciate you. Have a peaceful week.